0: Welcome to The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you are enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to follow us using your favorite podcast software. Today's program was provided with enhanced quality by RadioArchives.com. RadioArchives.com sells high-quality old-time radio collections, pulp fiction ebook reprints, and pulp fiction audiobooks. And you can try a sample of all three by sending an email to detectives at radioarchives.com. They'll send you an email with a link to download. Uh, One of each. Also, they have started a transcription transfer subscription. Over the course of their decades of operations, they have bought... 36,000 transcription disks, and they have digitized those and are sharing them with subscribers to their... I've enjoyed what I've heard. I've heard some higher quality encodes than typically circulating programs, as well as uncirculated episodes of programs I like, like The Hour of Charm, Armis Brooks, and the Burns & Allen program, along with some rare shows as well. You can actually try out this service and see if you like it. For $59.98, you can get the first 600 files in the collection with no risk or additional obligation, and your purchase price goes directly to support The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. If you decide you like what you hear, then you can subscribe for $60 a month, which is half off the normal price. Just go to transfers.greatdetectives.net to learn more. Transfers.greatdetectives.net now it's time for this week's episode, A Follow Vance. The original air date, June the 20th, 1950, and the title is The Prize Ring Murder Case. <laughs>
1: the shoulders, Joy boy. Just a little more. You take a shower, you get dressed. Yeah, yeah, Pop. Who's that?
2: Bill Terrace.
1: Oh. Okay. Who invites who into my dressing room? Never mind. Now beat it. Both of you guys. Come on out.
2: Relax, Joey. Pop. Yeah? Out.
1: Now, wait a minute. Nobody throws my manager out of my place. You stick, Pop.
2: Now, I'll see you later, Joey. A couple of things I got to do. So long.
1: Well, Terrace, what is all this? I need you here like I need a hole in the head. Oh, why
2: don't you relax, Joey? Sit down, Clumpy. Sure, Mr. Terrace. Hey, there ain't no chairs. Don't let a little thing like that stop you. <laughs> Joey, how would you like to make some money? Big money. Easy money. How would you like me to throw you out on your rear?
1: Look, Terrace, I don't like you. I don't like guys like you. I'm a fighter. I got two hands. I got a head. With nothing in it, or you wouldn't be loosening your lid without listening. Look, maybe I didn't make myself plain. I don't like you. I don't like gamblers. The only thing I like to do is fight. But I fight honest. Sure,
2: sure. Now, look, Joey, that's fine. That's all wonderful. Ideals are wonderful things. You keep them. Only keep them in the background where they won't get in the way if you're making an easy dollar. Now, you'll fight tomorrow night. Now, I got a proposition for you. I got one for you. I don't throw any fights for you or anybody else. So get out of here before I bounce you out.
1: Are you getting? Copy. Sure, boss. Now? Why not? So, you two are going to get tough. Good. That's just what I've been...
2: let <coughs> Nice work, Clumpy. (laughs) i done it, Mr. Terrace. Bonged him right on the skull. He'll sleep for a while. That blackjack of yours provides a rather lethal lullaby, Clumpy. And how? Too bad you had to slug him. Too bad he wouldn't listen. He's a jerk. I didn't want him to throw any fight. The only thing I wanted was to be sure he was going to try to win tomorrow night. (coughs)
1: Yeah, take a look at these hands, honey. Uh-huh. They ain't very pretty, are they?
3: Oh, they are to me, Julie.
1: Uh, You got bum taste, honey. Bum taste in hands, bum taste in boyfriends.
3: <laughs> what do you want with a lug like me? What? Well, anybody else said that, Joey, I'd brain them.
1: That's my girl.
3: Anybody says anything different than that, I'd brain them,
1: too. Uh, you can't go around braining people just like that, honey.
3: Only one way to make me stop.
1: Mmm. Uh,
3: that's the way. Well we got a fight tomorrow night, and I'm keeping you awake, so I think... Hi, kids. Oh. oh, Pop. Hello, Pop. I was just leaving, so it was perfectly all right with me if you want to tuck your little lightweight into
1: bed. Ain't uh, a minute. Uh, you better
2: wait a while, honey.
1: Oh, how bad can that be? Hey, what's going on, Pop? Why did you walk out of the dressing room this afternoon when Phil Terrace told you to?
2: That's what's going on, Joey.
1: That's what I want to talk to you about. Well, I'm listening. Terrace didn't want you to throw the bout tomorrow, Joey. No? I'll bet. He didn't. He's got a bundle going on you, same as I have. He's betting you to win. What?
3: So what did he want, then?
1: Wanted to know Joey'd be in there trying. What I think he's doing is building up Joy until I get Joy a big match. Then he's going to want Joy to lay down. Hey, Pop, what kind of business is this? I'm a fighter. When I win, I win. When I lose, it's because some other guy hits harder. Now, let's skip all this talk about throwing fights. i got to get to sleep. Sure, boy, sure. Good night, honey.
3: Good night, Joey. Make it good tomorrow night. I'll be listening.
1: I'll do my best. Sure. How much dough we got going on this tomorrow night, Pop? The bankroll, Joy. The works. Thirty-five grand at even money.
3: What did I say to you, honey?
1: Did I do my best?
3: That's what my boy said. I'll
1: take it back. For thirty-five grand, I'll do even better than that.
4: Well, Vance, that's the end of the round. It's a good fight. Glad you came. Definitely, Markham. I don't think our boy's going to last, though. Joey Martin? I still think he'll win. The other fellow's tired.
5: He's tired of hitting Joey's chin so often. (laughs) Incidentally, even though you are a district attorney, you don't have too much drag in this town.
4: I've been in better seats. The fight was a sellout, and you didn't make up your mind about coming until the last moment. Besides, there wasn't any law against your trying to get the tickets. There most certainly was. A law I wrote and
5: passed myself. (laughs) If I tried to get them, we'd be at home listening to this over the radio. I'll tell you something, Markham. In which event, I'll listen. Thank you. What I was about to say was that the managers really do a good job working over their fighters between rounds. Look at them over there. They're certainly
4: active hey, all right. Hey, well, oh, there's the warning buzzer, Vance. Ten seconds to the next round. Yes, I know. What? A shot, Vance. Keep in the back of the arena.
5: It's
2: all right, folks. Keep your seats. Nobody's been hurt.
5: Well, I'm glad of that. I wonder
2: what. Help! Help! Somebody over here at ringside. A man's stabbed.
4: A shot fired in the back of the arena. A man stabbed at ringside. Come on, Vance. Let's find out what this is all about. It's a long way to the ringside.
5: Excuse
2: me? Pardon hey, you me, Your attention, through, please. please, ladies and gentlemen. Wait a minute,
3: Hold it,
2: yes, ladies and gentlemen, please keep your seats until the police arrive. Pop Manning, Joey Martin's manager, has been stabbed to death. Nobody is to leave this arena. Vance, we have a fight and a mystery all in one evening. I suppose you'll start
4: work right now on finding out who killed Pop Manning.
5: I'm going to do twice as much work on that, Markham. I'm going to have to find the two people who were responsible for his death. Two? Yes, Markham, two. Don't you understand why? Yes, Miss Henderson?
3: Mr. Vance, Mr. Markham hasn't called in on his private line, has he?
5: No, I'm waiting here in his office in case he does, though.
3: Well, perhaps you ought to see this young lady in as much as Mr. Markham is out. What young lady? Well, she says she knows something about the killing of our fight manager last night. And she's here with me in the outer office now.
5: Please ask her to come in. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Girl with some information. Well, whatever it is, it'll help. Vance? Oh, yes, come in, please.
3: Vance, my name is Collins.
5: Honey, Collins. How do you do?
3: Came here to see the district attorney, but uh, I wanted to meet you. I'm flattered. I've seen your pictures in the paper so often, I <clears throat> I feel like I know you.
5: I'm using Mr. Markham's office temporarily. In fact, I'm waiting for him to come back from examining the people who were at the ringside of the fight last night.
3: Uh Ah, well, I'll tell you what I wanted to tell him. Pop Manning was killed by mistake. He was? Yeah, I know. I'm sure of it. (laughs) I should know. I'm Joey Martin's girl.
5: You're the girlfriend of the fighter whom Manning managed. That's right. Mm.
3: And I'll tell you that somebody wanted to kill Joey. And Pop got it,
5: only he wasn't supposed to. Who was it that wanted to kill your boyfriend?
3: A character named Phil Terrace. He's a gambler.
5: I've heard of him. What makes you think there was an error made, though?
3: Well, figure it out. There they were, Pop and Joey in Joey's corner. I know. I was there. Oh. Well, then you saw it, didn't you? Pop was bending over Joey, working on a cut on Joey's chin. The ten-second buzzer had sounded. Only Joey jumped up ahead of the bell to start the round, and Pop moved in to pick up a stool.
5: You're very observant.
3: (laughs) I don't keep... I wasn't even there. I can't watch Joey when he fights. Joey told me. This is his idea, not mine.
5: The idea being that when Joey moved and Pop took his place for a second, that's when the man who held the knife made his move.
3: Uh Uh-huh. It was all timed. I know
5: how it was timed. Oh? It was timed so that once the shot was fired and the man with the knife started his move, he couldn't stop it. But I agree partially with what you've told me. I had an idea Pop Manning was killed in error. You did? Yes, why would anybody want a manager dead? Want him dead so badly, he took a chance killing him in front of 15,000 people.
3: <laughs> don't know.
5: All the things you've pointed out to me, I saw for myself.
3: Then I did right
4: coming here.
5: You most certainly did. In fact, I... Oh, that's the district attorney's private phone. Excuse me just for a moment, please. Thank you? Vance speaking. Markham, Vance. Oh, yes, Markham.
4: Uh, we questioned everybody at the ringside. Everybody who had the slightest chance of getting near enough to Pop Manning to put a knife in him. And? Everybody swears he was aware of what the man next to him was doing at every moment between the time the shot was fired and the body was discovered. And nobody moved toward the ring.
5: Which they'd have to do in order to stab Manning, unless the knife was thrown.
4: It wasn't. The murderer held it. And there are no fingerprints on it.
5: Mm. Uh, Markham, was a man named Phil Terrace at the ringside?
4: Yes, he was. I questioned him myself. And the man next to him, too. According to that man, Terrace didn't move.
5: Well, perhaps that man works for Terrace Markham and is alibying him.
4: That is possible, of course. I've let him go, but I know where I can pick him up.
5: Oh, let me do that, please. All right. And Markham. Yes? There's a very charming young lady in your office who has a very good theory about Manning's death. What's that? Well, she seems to think that Manning was killed in error by somebody who wanted Joey Martin, the fighter, out of the way.
4: Uh, One of those prize fight gamber things that didn't work out?
5: It might be. That's why I asked if you questioned Phil Terrace. I see. Markham, from the look of things, if he killed Manning by mistake or intention, he did it in a way I can't figure out.
4: Which means what?
5: That he isn't only a gambler, he's a magician.
2: Tonight, Clumpy, we celebrate. The best in town for you and me. That's what I like. The best. You deserve (laughs) it. You were wonderful when the district attorney was questioning you. I didn't tell him nothing. And you know why? Because I don't know nothing. I've heard rumors of that, Clumpy. No kidding. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really getting around, ain't I? You know, uh, somebody's at the door, Mr. Terrace. Apparently. I'll go see who it is. I won't be long, and then we'll make plans for tonight. For the best, for the best in town. That's right. Yes. Hello, I'm Philo Vance. No kidding. What does that make me? The man I want to see. I think.
5: Is that right? What do you want here, Vance? I'll tell you first what I didn't want. I didn't want the door closed in my face. That's the reason I pushed my way in.
2: Okay, you're in. You want to see me? Your terrace. Yes. I want to see you. Who's the ape? He's clumpy. He doesn't count.
4: Hey, I do so. One, two, three. I see
5: what you mean, Terrace. Let's skip
2: clumpy for a minute. I came here to find out if you bet the fight last night. You don't know much about gambling, do you, Vance? The fight was declared no contest when Pop Manning was murdered. How much did you have on the fight? And whom did you have it on? Well, I guess you can check this around town, so I'll tell you the truth. I had a lot of dough riding on Joey Martin. Who was losing... Was he? Well, sure he was, boss. You even said that yourself. Shut up.
5: You know, Terrace, you might have been smart enough to want to kill Martin when he was in the ring, to protect your bet, of course. But when you saw Pop Manning move into the position Martin was in, you knew you could obtain the
2: same result for stopping the fight by killing him. I could save you a lot of trouble, Vance. The district attorney asked me all the stock questions. My answers were taken down. Go look them up. In fact, go do anything you want, only get out of here. When I'm ready to leave. Show him that he's ready now, Clumpy. That's one invitation I'll accept.
4: (coughs) Well,
5: that takes care of your stooge. Terrace,
2: you next? No, thank you. I just like to watch fights. And bet on them. Yes.
5: Well, I've had my fun, so. Maybe I will be going. With a promise, of course.
2: A promise that someday we'll return again to the beautiful island of paradise where the blue... I'll get that. No, you don't. This is my house. Oh, it's too late, my friend. Well, Joey Martin. Uh, Who are you?
5: My name is Philo Vance. I'm investigating Pop Manning's murder.
2: What are you doing here? Oh, He came to see me, of course. We're friends, good friends. Come on in, Joey. Yeah, Tell the man we're friends. Even if he did, who'd believe him with
5: that look on his face? I think I'll leave you two playmates alone. I've met some interesting people... ...and I've established a motive for Pop Manning's death. Now I think I'll get to work.
4: This is District Attorney Markham. The prize ring murder case began when Pop Manning, fight manager... ...was stabbed while in the ring taking care of his fighter, Joey Martin... Philo Vance has established that Manning might have been killed by accident, with Martin the real intended victim. He's also contacted a gambler named Phil Terrace, who had a lot of money bet on Martin to win the fight. A fight which he was losing incidentally. Vance has just come into my office with a story of his encounter with Terrace. Look, Vance, I understand all about your meeting with that gambler, Terrace, but I'd like to go back to the fight for a moment. Well, they're not going to restage it just for you, my friend. You know what I mean. When we were at the fight, and I said we'd have to look for the man responsible for Pop Manning's death, you said we'd have to look for two people responsible. Now, why two people? What happened just before the stabbing, Markham? What happened?
5: Well, uh, a shot was fired, but nobody was hurt. But everybody's attention was distracted from the ring momentarily. Sufficient time for the killer to stab Manning.
4: Yes, I suppose so.
5: Therefore, the shot was planned, and planned for a certain time. Whoever fired it was working with the actual murderer and is an accessory to the crime.
4: Simple, isn't it? It is now. You'll be interested in knowing that I'm getting to believe your theory that Manning's murder wasn't intended.
5: I am interested, but it isn't my theory. It belongs to that Collins girl, uh, Honey Collins, Joey Martin's friend. Oh, yes. But it has logic, believe me. I do.
4: I'll give you all the facts we have so you can go on from here if you like.
5: Are there any you haven't told me?
4: Well, I'm not sure, but this much I do know. Hmm? It was very warm in the arena, as you know. And nobody, man or woman, wore gloves. Yet, there were no fingerprints found on the knife. A handkerchief around the knife handle would keep prints off. But you can't wind a handkerchief around a knife, step up and stab somebody without being seen, or without the movement being noticed, granting that everybody was looking toward the back of the arena where the shot came from.
5: I've already indicated to you that Terrace had an employee alongside of him who could have lied.
4: Yes, but I have the feeling that you're holding something back. Really? Really? Why, Markham? I'm surprised at you. Oh, I'm sorry. I know you don't intend to withhold. Don't apologize, fight. my
5: friend. As
4: a matter of fact,
5: I am holding something back, something that I hope will break this case.
3: You don't mind me talking to you while you're working out with the police, do you, Joey?
1: No, no, honey.
3: I'll tell you what I came up here to the gymnasium for.
1: You mean there was another reason besides just seeing me? Yeah, Joey.
3: I want you to fight somebody.
1: Somebody get fresh with you? Who is it? Tell me who it is. I'll knock them silly.
3: (laughs) Nothing like that, Joey. This is a fight I want you to have with a pro. We give the dough you get to Pop's family.
1: What for? Oh, Joey, you know they could use dough. How come? They got plenty. Pop had a lot of dough bet on the fight. That's dough that don't have to be paid out to nobody now since they call it no contest. Pop's family's got that. How much was that, Joey? You again. What are you doing
5: here? Hello, Miss Collins. You remember me, Philo Vance. Hi. Joey, you were saying that Pop had money bet on the fight. On you? Who else? How much? 35 grand, our bankroll. It ain't no crime to bet on yourself, is it, Vance? No, but it is a crime for a fighter who claims to be honest,
1: to associate with gamblers like Phil Terrace. You mean when you saw me up there yesterday? Well, I'll tell you why I went up there. I wanted to knock him from here to China for what he did to Pop.
3: Monsieur well, sure, Joey thinks Terrace wanted to kill him and got Pop by mistake, like I told you.
1: Joey may be right,
5: but then again, he may be wrong, but so wrong. So long, Vance. I said so wrong, not so long, Joey. You know, I was at the fight with Mr. Markham. I think I saw something.
3: Oh, from where you were sitting, you're lucky you saw the fight.
5: The seats weren't good, but they did put me at the scene of a crime. Something that hasn't happened for a long time. So what did you see, Vance? Well, what? You'll find out. And so will your friend Terrace. And by the way, if you should see him... I won't. Well, if you should, tell him for me to enjoy himself.
3: Well, what kind of a message
5: is that? Oh, I haven't finished. Tell him to enjoy himself while he still can. Everything's working wonderfully, Markham.
4: All right, if you say so. Where are you now?
5: I'm calling you from a phone booth. I left Joey Martin and his girlfriend about an hour ago after giving them a message for Phil Terrace.
4: I beg your pardon. I'm afraid I heard what you said. What do they have to do with Terrace?
5: That remains to be seen. I indicated to them that I had something on the gambler.
4: Hey! What's the... Vance! Vance! Are you there? Vance, what's going on?
5: Oh, it's... It's all right, Markham. Somebody... Just opened the door of this phone booth and slugged me. But it didn't take... I'm glad it
4: didn't. Any idea who it was?
5: Yes, it was that stooge of Terrace, a fellow named Clumpy. You know what this means, don't you, Markham? I think so. It means that apparently Terrace got
4: your message.
5: You understand the setup, Miss Collins?
3: Well, I know. I... I don't know whether I do or not.
5: It's very simple. You get Joey and go to see Phil Terrace. Uh Uh-huh. Have Joey say that he's ready to do business with Terrace. Get Terrace to make him an offer.
3: Well, I understand that part of it. Only, how is that going to prove he murdered Pop Manning?
5: I don't want Terrace around loose while I close the case against him. Oh. Now, you do what I ask you to do. Markham and I will come in and we'll be able to arrest him for trying to get Joey to throw a fight.
3: And then when you have him in jail, you'll be able to work out in the open. Exactly. Uh Uh-huh.
5: We'll take Terrace and his friend Clumpy to jail, and I won't have to worry about making phone calls anymore.
3: (laughs) You're uh, sure it was Clumpy that slugged you? Positive.
5: Now, will you do as I ask, Miss Collins? Sure.
3: Only, um, Vance. Yes? My friends call me honey.
2: Hmm. We haven't
5: really had time to become friends, have we?
3: Whose fault is that?
5: Well, let's just say there was a chronological obstacle.
3: <laughs> well, whatever it is, can't we kick it out of the way? I like your Vance. Mm. What about Joey? Oh, I like him, too. That's the trouble with me, I think. I'm a goon. I like everybody. Everybody. <laughs>
1: Just like Honey said, Terrace. Yeah? We could use 50 grand in cash.
2: Sure you could.
1: You can make that easy by betting against me in my next fight, and i take a dive, so you're a cinch.
2: I don't know, Joey. 50,000 is a lot of money. Not when you figure to make a 100 grand. How do I know you won't cross me?
3: Ah, uh-huh, leave that to me. He won't cross you, Mr. Terrace. Not when he gets 50,000 for not winning, he won't.
1: Now, the only thing is, I want to dough in advance. I want to
2: bet it on the other guy. Oh, you do? I just had an idea. Suppose I bet it for you, then in order to collect your bet, you've got to lay down. Uh, explain that to me, honey.
3: It's all right, Joey. Mr. Terrace, instead of giving you the $50,000 before the fight like you want, that's it for you. Hmm. It's the same as you making the bet, and it's okay.
2: Well, what's good enough for honey is good enough for me. It's a deal, then. the fight is a week from Friday, I'm going to give you $50,000. I'm going to bet that much for you, I mean. And you're going to blow the fight. Agreed? Shake
3: Okay, Mr. Marker, Mr. Vance, you can come in now.
2: Hey, what is this? The old double cross? That's
4: right, Terrace. Martin and Miss Collins agreed to help us trap you.
2: It was Vance's idea, and it was
4: a good one. I, think I God... don't think you will. <coughs> uh, well, quite a right hand you have there, Joey. Yeah, thanks. Knocking out Terrace does mean we'll have to carry him to headquarters, but that won't be too difficult.
3: And when you've got him there, it'll be a cinch to prove he killed Pop Manning while trying to knife Joey. Won't it, Vance?
1: Oh, that will be a little difficult, Miss Collins. You will? Yes. Hey, that was the idea of this whole gimmick, wasn't it? So it would give you time to get evidence of something against Terrace?
5: I can't very well prove he killed Pop Manning, Joey, when actually you did. But, you what? You and Miss
4: Collins.
3: Uh, hey, Vance, you blowing your lid.
4: Without knowing why Vance said that, I'm still willing to bet it's right. I'm going to... I wouldn't, Martin. And if you don't believe me, believe this gun I'm holding. All Vance. right, all right.
3: You made me believe you thought terrorists killed Pop. Now you say it's us. Oh, how can you prove a stupid thing like that? What reason could you find for us doing it?
5: I have the motive and I have the proof. And as soon as Mr. Markham takes you and Joey and, of course, our friend on the floor down to headquarters, I'll be only too glad to explain how I knew you and Joey killed Pop, how you did it, and why you did it. Let's begin with the motive, Markham All right Joey was losing the fight A fight he knew Pop Manning had bet their combined bankroll on So he wanted the fight declared no contest So he
4: killed his manager
5: Yes, only it isn't as simple as that Mm -hmm. You see, the plan Joey and Honey had Had to be worked out in advance And there was the detail of the knife to be handled Maybe you'd better just tell me what happened All right Joey thought he might lose the fight. So he arranged with Honey to fire a blank cartridge at a certain time if he were losing. Uh Uh-huh. She did. And he had a chance to stab Pop Manning and push the body back into the ringside customers while everybody was looking toward the back of the arena.
4: Honey's confession indicates that's what she did. But how did the knife get into the ring? I think Joey will tell
5: you he asked Pop to have a knife put in the water bucket. Made up some reason like wanting to be protected in case Phil Terrace tried to get to him. Anything at all.
4: Oh, I, I see.
5: Now you want to know how I knew Terrace wasn't involved in the killing. And how you knew
4: Honey was, but that can wait.
5: Well, let's take Terrace first. All right. When you told me that the man alongside of him swore Terrace hadn't moved toward the ring when the shot was fired, I pointed out that that man could have been an accomplice of the gamblers. And he was, a fellow they call Clumpy. But how about the man on the other side of Terrace, Markham? He wasn't an accomplice, was he? No,
4: he was a sports writer. Come to think of it, Vance, if Terrace had moved, he'd have told me.
5: I'm sure he would have now to our friend Honey. She tried to cover herself by insisting to me at one time in this case that she had never seen Joey fight and had never been in an arena. Yet. yes, Yet she knew where you and I were seated at the fight, Markham. That's right. She told me in your office that she recognized me from my pictures. and Later in the gymnasium, she indicated that we couldn't have seen much from the bad seats we had. And when she knew where we were seated, you
4: knew she must have been there.
5: Must have been there, spotted us, but proceeded with her plan regardless. Yes. Anyhow, once I knew she was lying, I knew what the reason must be. And after I realized that the only man near enough to stab Pop was Joey, and that Joey was the only man outside of his opponent who wore gloves, hence no fingerprints, why, that was it.
4: So it was. Of course, that fellow Clumpy attacked you in the phone booth because you had knocked him out in front of his boss, and he wanted to... Regain face.
5: And I framed the situation involving Phil Terrace because he belongs behind bars. And to keep Honey and Joey from suspecting they were suspects in Pop's murder. Yes, I know. And, well, there you are. Yes. You know where we are, don't you, Vance? I think so. We're at the end of the prize ring murder case. <laughs>
1: Welcome back.
0: The only reason that Vance was in Markham's office, which was really weird because he's got his own office, was so that the girlfriend could give her theory to
1: Vance.
0: Also, the henchman coming up on Vance while he was on the phone and sucker-punching him was a jarring moment, but it's definitely a good way to keep the audience awake. Listener comments and feedback now, and we have an email from Blaine who writes, "'Hello, Adam. "'I'm not the only one "'who has made disparaging comments "'about Philo Vance "'over the months you've been playing the show.'" The general consensus seems to be that he's an insufferable egoist surrounded by idiots, but as the series comes to a close, I feel compelled to give credit where it's due. The opening story hooks are usually very good. In fact, I think that the writers probably spent 70% of their time figuring out the first three minutes of the episode, and then had to bang out the rest in a hurry with lackluster results. This week's episode, uh, with the 11 p.m. phone call to save a life that resulted in death, is a typical example. Great potential, but such a lousy follow-through that I almost felt cheated. I was hoping for a bribed telephone operator using an older manual system, at least, rather than the phone book swap. Fun fact, human telephone operators were replaced with machines when one specific operator would route every phone call meant for any funeral parlor in the city to her husband's funeral parlor in a blatant abuse of her position. This isn't one of the better series you've run, but it's not all that bad. And I'm glad you chose to do it. I just wanted to say something nice about it that I've been thinking about for a couple of months now. Well, thank you for the comment, Blaine. And I have to say that with Philo Vance, it's been an interesting series. I don't think I've heard anyone defend the plots. But I also can't recall any hugely harsh comments on Philo Vance. And that compares to other series. You know, we've had programs that people have detest it, and have made clear over and over and over and over and over again. I'm thinking about things like Standby for Crime, or It's a Crime, Mr. Collins, or even Pat Novak for Hire. There were some people who just absolutely loathe those programs. That's not really been the experience here. I think that you're right. The opening hooks are usually really good. It's just that they rarely close the deal in a way that's particularly satisfying. I also think they have superb titles, particularly earlier in the series. Uh, In fact, we've had some really good growth on our YouTube channel, and I think part of that is due to Follow Vance. The titles were so good, and also so basic to what someone who was looking for a mystery might look for, that we had a few months where Follow Vance episodes were consistently the most listened to thing that we posted. Which is unusual, given that yours truly, Johnny Dollar, used to dominate everything. Don't quite get the same reaction, because I think the titles have gotten a little bit more obscure. But the title's really great, and I think the acting is good. I mean, there are some series where... You've got a terrible script and terrible actors or actors who could have talent but just know this is terrible and I'm just going to mail in the performance. But I think everyone who worked on Philo Vance as an actor was really solid and talented. I mean, Jackson Beck is a radio legend uh, in the Radio Hall of Fame for good reason. And George Petrie, who plays Markham, was, again, a really solid New York acting talent, who we've already heard as the lead in other radio programs, including... Call the Police and the Amazing Mr. Malone. And we'll hear him again eventually as the last actor to play the Falcon. Although, thankfully, there will be enough episodes separating the end of Follow Vance from the start of his run on the Falcon. So, I, I can hear those episodes without hearing D.A. Markham's voice. I was re-listening to an episode of The Amazing Mr. Malone a few weeks back, and I had to remind myself that in that, he was playing someone who was actually competent. But again, I think there's a lot to like about it, and even though no one thinks it was genius, it also doesn't have any real haters. So I think that is where File Vance is going to land. But thank you so much for the comment, Blaine. And then we have a comment from Eric regarding our... Encore presentation of the lineup during our vacation week. Eric writes, Great to hear an old favorite of mine. The lineup is one of my top three favorite series you've played. Rocky, Jordan, and Nightbeat are the other two, if you're wondering. Well, thanks so much, Eric. And I'm glad you enjoyed that. I was a little nervous the way I ended up doing that of choosing programs based on those that were playing near... 500th day anniversary. Because essentially you ended up with random programs. But that can be good because if you like theme all of your reruns and choose everything out carefully, then some programs just won't fit into the particular theme week. So that gave us a chance to play some programs like Frank Race and of course the lineup. And finally we got a Facebook message from Kevin who writes... Evening, y'all, would like to say how I really love listening to your radio program. When I'm fed up, depressed, the different shows make me smile. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. So glad to be of service. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank David. David's been one of our Patreon supporters since September 2017, Currently supporting the program at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, David. And that will actually do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you download it from. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance. And coming next Saturday, we'll be bringing you previously uncirculated episodes of
5: Indictment.
0: But join us back here tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where...
5: You mean you think Zanagian had somebody put that cabin boy out of the way before you could talk with him, Dollar? The doctor only said that he died under unusual circumstances. But yes, that's exactly what I think. What's more important right now is that apparently the lad told the doctor a thing or two before he died. So I'm going on down there. You want to use my car? Well, Zanagian seemed to know I was going to use it before. He'll probably expect me to use it now. So you'd better give me a rental car. Have it delivered to my hotel service entrance under your name. Okay. Zanagian made no bones about it when I talked to him. He's having me tailed. And he'll probably try to do the same thing to me that he did to Bert Parker... once he's sure I'm trying to block his $460,000 claim. Dollar. But me? I aim to stay alive. Until I can not only prove his claim of fraud... but see him sent up for murdering Parker and the lads who went down with the Jolly Roger. Dollar, why don't you get the police in on this with you? If your life's in danger... Uh, I want to do it alone. Hey, one more thing. Yeah? You're sure that Zanagian needed money... I thought from all I've ever heard that that international racketeer was loaded. According to the papers, both Holland and Switzerland locked up his bank accounts just within the last week or so. That's why he needs a pot full of cash to get over there. That's why he sank his ship so he could collect from your insurance company. Uh, accident. Some mechanical failure. Is that what he said? Uh-huh. Something to do with the electrical system, To use his own words. But if the cabin boy was the only survivor of the explosion and he didn't talk to anybody. Except this Dr. Hernandez I'm going to see. Right, then how could Zanagian know what made his yacht
0: burn and sink? I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.